every praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. We are about to have our Black History Moment. And as Amari Rouse makes her way up, I want you to know next week the spotlight will be on all of us. Praise God. You all have the opportunity to share your Black History Moment. It will be in the bulletin. We might even have some pictures of some of y'all. If you would like a Black History Moment paper to fill out, you can wave a hand and they're back there with the ushers. They can bring them right to you or you can grab one on your way out. And the moment can be about yourself or maybe someone in your family. All right, Amari. Good morning. Good morning. Today's Black History Moment is on Madam C.J. Walker. Madam C.J. Walker not only worked her way to becoming a self-made millionaire, she also became a staunch advocate for black women. Born Sarah Breedlove Love in 1867 on a plantation on a plantation in Delta, Louisiana. Walker's parents were slaves. She was orphaned at age seven. She worked in cotton fields near Vicksburg, Mississippi. Walker married at age 14 to escape abusive family and gave birth to her only daughter, Alayla Bundles, in 1885. Her husband died two years later. Walker and Alayla moved to St. Louis and worked as a barber. At St. Paul AME Church, Walker found mentors that taught her to have a vision. She experimented with hair care products. She then got married, but fled from her abusive husband to Denver in 1905. There, Walker developed her own product. She married her third husband, Charles Joseph Walker, and founded her business, the Madam C.J. Walker Company. With the vision of having a hair care empire, Walker traveled throughout the South and Southeast with her product. She made opportunities for other black women as sales agents. As Walker's fortune increased, she became a philanthropist, supporting schools, the arts and civil rights organizations, as well as providing wealth building opportunities for her agents. After another divorce, she ended up in New York where she supported the NAACP. She passed away in 1919. She was worth more than $1 million when she passed. Madam C.J. Walker. Praise God. Thank you, Amari, for sharing that Black History moment with us. Did y'all hear that part when she said, at church? She received the vision, praise God. At church. Thanks, Rick. We have the wonderful opportunity to receive new members today at New Life at Calvary. Hallelujah. Amen. And we're going to invite the elders to come up and family members to join Vanessa and Brian Jenny as we bring them in to full membership at New Life at Calvary. So I'm going to have them turn around real quick so y'all can see them and wave a hi to them. <laughs> this is Vanessa, Brian, Jenny, husband and wife. And we are so grateful you all are a part of New Life at Calvary. So come on and turn around and face Pastor Antonio and I will have you stand right here. Yeah. All right. Are all the elders up? I see our clerical session is up. Here we go. Vanessa and Brian have been received by the session of New Life at Calvary and to the communicant membership of the church. They have studied God's word and, and have learned the belief and practice of his people. They are here to declare their faith and to be joined at New Life at Calvary as full covenant partners in service of Jesus Christ. Here are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Everyone who acknowledges me before men and women, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. Vanessa and Brian, Jesus Christ has chosen you. 
And in baptism has joined you to himself. He has called you together with us into the church, which is his body. Now he has brought you to this time and place so you may confess his name before fellow brothers and sisters and go out and serve him as faithful disciples. Show your purpose by answering these questions. Vanessa and Brian, who is your Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. All right, Jesus Christ. Do you trust in him? I do. We, we do. Yes. <laughs> do you intend to be his disciple to obey his word and show his love? Yes, we do. Yes. Vanessa and Brian, will you be a faithful member of this congregation, giving of yourself in every way, and will seek the fellowship of the church wherever you may be? We will. Amen. Praise God. God is so good. <laughs> Let us pray. God, our Father, we praise you for calling us to be a servant people and for gathering us into the body of Christ. We thank you for choosing to add to our number a sister and brother in faith. Together may they live in your spirit and so love one another that we may have the mind of Jesus Christ our Lord to whom we give honor and glory forever. Amen. Amen. Vanessa and Brian, you are disciples of Jesus Christ. He has commissioned you. Live in his love, serve him, be filled with gratitude, and let the message of Christ dwell among you in all its riches. And whatever you are doing, whether you speak or act, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Vanessa and Brian, welcome to this ministry of Jesus yes. Christ. Hallelujah. Yes. Okay, so you all will extend the right hand of fellowship and welcome Vanessa and Brian to the life in Calvary. chapter 2, verses 3 through 15. Elijah is taken to heaven. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you live, I won't leave you. So they went down to Bethel. A group of the prophets at Bethel came to Elisha. They said to him, do you know the Lord will take your master away from you today? Elisha said, yes, I know but don't talk about it. <laughs> Elijah said to him, stay here because the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you live, I won't leave you. So they went to Jericho. A group of the prophets of Jericho came to Elisha. They said, do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? Elisha answered, yes, I know, but don't talk about it. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan River. Elisha answered, as the Lord lives and as you live, I won't leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men from a group of the prophets came. They stood far from where Elijah and Elisha were by the Jordan. Elijah took off his coat. Then he rolled it up and hit the water. The water divided to the right and to the left. 
Then Elijah and Elisha crossed over on dry ground. After they crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Elisha said, leave me a double share of your spirit. Elijah said, you have asked a hard thing, but if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. If you don't, it won't happen. Mm. Elijah and Elisha were still walking and talking. Then a chariot and horses of fire appeared. The chariot and horses of fire separated Elijah from Elisha. Then Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw it and shouted, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. Elisha did not see him anymore. Elisha grabbed his own clothes and tore them to show how sad he was. He picked up Elijah's coat that had fallen from him. Then Elisha returned and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Elisha hit the water with Elijah's coat. He said, Where's the Lord, the God of Elijah? When he hit the water, it divided to the right and to the left. Then Elisha crossed over. A group of the prophets at Jericho were watching. They said, Elisha now has the spirit Elijah had. They came to meet him, and they bowed down to the ground before him. The New Testament scripture is John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. Jesus washes his followers' feet. It was almost time for the Jewish Passover feast. Jesus knew that it was time for him to leave this world and go back to the Father. He had always loved those who were his own in the world, and he loved them all the way to the end. Jesus and his followers were at the evening meal. The devil had already persuaded Judas Iscariot to turn against Jesus. Judas was the son of Simon. Jesus knew that the Father had given him power over everything. He also knew that he had come from God and was going back to God. So during the meal, Jesus stood up and took off his outer clothing. Taking a towel, he wrapped it around his waist. Then he poured water into a bowl and began to wash the followers' feet. He dried them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus came to Simon Peter. But Peter said to Jesus, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you don't understand what I am doing now, but you will understand later. Peter said, no, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, if I don't wash your feet, then you are not one of my people. Simon Peter answered, Lord, after you wash my feet, wash my hands and my head too. Jesus said, after a person has had a bath, his whole body is clean. He needs only to wash his feet. And you men are clean, but not all of you. Jesus knew who would turn against him. That is why Jesus said, not all of you are clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and sat down again. Jesus asked, do you understand what I have just done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and this is right because that is what I am. I am your Lord and teacher. Have washed your feet, for you should also wash each other's feet. I did this as an example for you, so you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, a servant is not greater than his master. A messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you will be happy if you do them. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Gail. Can anyone tell me what time it is? offering time and what do we say? Okay. Here we go. The month is flying past quickly my friends and today is the third Sunday of February and on the third Sunday of the month our special offering goes to support our Rotulu Orphanage in Nigeria. Do we all know John 3.16? Yes. What does John 3.16 say? Y'all, it's good. <laughs> so that message talks about, that scripture talks about giving, right? God gave his only son. Why? Because his love, he loves us, right? And that love means he, we have something to do. Love 
requires action. Tell your neighbor, love requires action. Some of you all celebrated Valentine's Day this past week. Did you give a gift? Some? Did you receive a gift? Some of y'all. Some of y'all have birthdays. Did you receive a gift? Praise God. We give gifts not because it's expected of us or we're obligated to give, because, but it's because we love the people that we're giving the gift to, right? It's a natural response. So as our ushers are preparing to come forward, I want us all to reflect on why we are giving today. Let's not give out of a feeling of obligation or routine, but give because you love the Lord. Give because you love the vision of New Life at Calvary. Give because you love the city of Cleveland and the surrounding suburbs. Give because you want to see people reach for Christ. Amen? Amen. So let, as our ushers come forward, let's bow our heads to pray. Gracious and holy God, we want to be givers, unconditional givers to you, Lord. You gave your only begotten son for us because you love us. And so that means we are required to love you back in action, Lord. Help us to give naturally out of a love and abundance for you. Help us to give because we love this church at New Life at Calvary, because we love the people in this community, and we want to see them reach for you. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray your blessing. Amen and amen. Amen. As our ushers are collecting the offering, we, we invite those of you that are joining us online to participate in the offering today as well. We have several ways for you to give. You can go right now to our website at www.nlac.tv and establish your online account. For those of you that like to use Cash App, go ahead, put the dollar sign in, the number two, NLAC, and your offering comes right to us. For those that like to mail in your offering, our address is 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. Thank you again for participating in the offering. We will now be blessed with a special music, Deep River. Amen.
Praise God. Thank you, Carrie. Praise God. That was beautifully played. All right. Let us go right into prayer. Gracious and holy God, Lord, we thank you for being our perfect example of how we are supposed to live and be on this earth. We want to be of service to you, Holy Spirit. You serve so we can serve. Open our hearts and minds to understand what it truly means to serve others as you did, Holy Spirit. Help us to practice this in our daily lives that we may be a blessing to those around us and bring glory to your name. We thank you and we honor you in the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ we pray. And all God's people said... Amen and amen. Thank you, New Life at Calvary. It is so good to see everybody. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence. You are a gift just by showing up today. Hallelujah. Over these last weeks, we have been in our sermon series. And what's the name of our sermon series? You can cheat and look at your bulletin. <laughs> Discipleship. And so we started with week one. And what was that called? Follow me the call to discipleship. Then what was last week? Take my yoke, learning from Jesus. Take my yoke, learning from Jesus. And this week is love in action, serving Jesus like Jesus. Hallelujah. Have you all ever heard the phrase, love is an action word? Yes. What about have you heard love is a verb? You heard that one? What do these statements really mean? You gotta move. <laughs> you gotta move. Hallelujah. What else? You gotta choice. Do something. A choice or a decision. You gotta do something, right? Love is more than just words, right? When we love people, we say we love them. How many of you all say I love you on a regular basis? We say the words I love you, but we also show that we love people, right? This past week was was Valentine's Day. I've already mentioned that. It was Valentine's Day. Did you all have a good Valentine's Day? Some of us? <laughs> Some was like, uh. <laughs> it was also Ash Wednesday, right? <laughs> Tell me one way you showed someone that you love them this past week. Chocolate. Chocolate. All right, Terrence, giving himself a shout out. <laughs> the big old box of chocolate. <laughs> Some of you all gave gifts. How else did you show you love someone? Car. A car. Fixed dinner. Fixed dinner. Time. Time. Visiting them. Say it. Say it. Just say the words, I love you, right? I believe it was in uh, Helen Britt's uh, class this past week, Women with the Heart Bent on God. We had talked about Gary Chapman and his five love languages. Who knows their love language? Okay, hold on, I'm going to ask you that in a minute. The love languages, just to review, are the words of affirmation, physical touch, gifts, quality time, and acts of service. Who all know your, your love languages, words of affirmation? Who says I love you and wants to hear I love you? See, I got my hand up. <laughs> okay. Whose love language is physical touch? There's our huggers right there, all the huggers. <laughs> Who likes to receive gifts? Who's your, who's, okay, why do you keep raising your hand? <laughs> so whose love language is quality time? You just like to spend so much time with people. Whose love language is acts of service? Praise God. <laughs> so as I said, my love language is words of affirmation. Terrence's love language is acts of service. We have had many moments of conflict in our house. Because <laughs> I'm going around, I love you, I love you, I love you. And he's going around mowing the grass, shoveling the snow. <laughs> and I'm like, I said I love you. And he's like, and I'm mowing this grass for you. <laughs> washing your car. Right, washing my car. My car is always fixed, amen. <laughs> So sometimes when your love language, when your primary love language is one thing, like mine is uh, words of affirmation, and the person you love is another thing, and like Terrence's uh, acts of service, 
we have to sometimes go outside of our comfort zone and show the person that we love them, right? So sometimes Terrence got to say, I love you. And sometimes, I ain't going to say I ever did it, but sometimes I got to go outside and help with the grass. <laughs> Praise God. So to fully experience love, we have to say it, but we also need to show it. Tell your neighbor, you got to show your love. Love is more than words. It is our actions. Jesus said the words, I love you in scripture, but he also showed his love. He demonstrated unconditional love every single moment he was on earth. Being a disciple, say I am a disciple. Being a disciple means our love must be in action. It means that we love and serve like Jesus loved and served. We demonstrate like the master teacher. Y'all remember learning about that master teacher? So how Jesus took on his role as the master teacher was he showed how he expected his disciples to love one another. He didn't just stand up and teach them. He actually physically demonstrated how to serve one another. And our scripture reading today, our New Testament scripture reading, we have the story of the Last Supper. And we have the story that's happening. This is right before the death of Jesus. Jesus knew the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. There are some very important lessons to learn from this story that's taking place in the upper room. So let me set the scene. Jesus and the disciples are sitting around at a long table. How many of y'all have seen the, the picture of the Lord's Supper? Sitting at the long table in the upper room. And they're eating a meal, right? What's the meal? Some fish. Some bread. Some wine. <laughs> How many want that meal? I'm hungry now. I can eat that right now. The story begins, though, with Jesus saying or knowing or acknowledging that he knew that the hour of his death had come. His time was up, and it was going to be him returning to the Father. Jesus knew the hour of his death. He knew the day that he was going to die. He knew what his last moments on the earth would be like. And he made a decision of how to spend his last moments on earth. If you knew you were going to die right now today, what would you do with your last moments? Somebody said pray. I heard you. <laughs> Kiss my wife. Kiss your wife. What would you do? See my kids and my grandkids. See my kids and my grandkids. Tell as many people as you can that you love them. How many would be trying to go to, uh, you know, J.C. Penny to get that last outfit? <laughs> Look, you can't point your white ball. Don't be like that. <laughs> Somebody who's not going to be named is going like this. <laughs> Who would be trying to figure out how to go get that Mercedes Benz that was your dream car? No. No. <laughs> Would you care about how much money was in your bank account? Nope. Nope. You would be trying to connect with the people that you love, right? And that's exactly what Jesus did. Having the knowledge of when he was going to be leaving this earth, it was important for him to spend time with the people that he loved. We learned something very important about Jesus in this first verse of John chapter 13, verse 1. And it says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. That's an amazing kind of love. Who would like to experience love like that? He loved them to the end. What was important to Jesus at the end was love. He wasn't interested just like when he was born. He was not interested in money, fame, fortune, or power. He was consistently interested in love. So let's go back to this scene where they are eating. Jesus and the disciples are enjoying a meal together. During the meal, it says, this is, I was like, wow, this is really in this story. But it says in verse uh, two, it says the, the devil had prompted Judas. So while they are sitting at dinner, the devil is prompting Judas 
the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. How many of y'all know you always having a good time, but there's somebody at the party got to act up? <laughs> Even at Jesus' dinner party, somebody was acting up. Judas was, for some reason, opening his heart to, to, to the devil. But Jesus knew this. Jesus knew, it says in the scripture, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and he was going to return to God. The devil is always busy. Tell your neighbor, the devil is always busy. And here it was in the midst of this nice evening. I mean, they got the wine. They got some fish. They got some good bread. They're having a good time. And here it is, the devil is busy prompting someone's heart. If you are not careful, if we are not careful, even a disciple can be led astray. Judas was a disciple, amen? And he was led astray. Say, I am a disciple. At that moment, when Satan was prompting Judas's heart, he could have turned to Jesus right then and said, I need some help. I need some help. But Judas didn't do that. Judas' focus was on money. His focus was on those, you know, those coins. Judas was tired of being a disciple. He didn't like the lifestyle. He did not want to be remain a disciple. And all this time, Judas thought he was getting away with something, my friends. He thought Jesus didn't know. Isn't that the funny part? He thought Jesus didn't know. But Jesus knew the entire time. What does Jesus do, though? Here is the important action. Jesus knows that Judas is about to betray him. He's about to stab him in the back. He, he, he kind of called him out a little bit. He said, somebody at this table. He didn't say no names, though. He could have said the name. Somebody at this table. But what does Jesus do? Scripture says, Jesus got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing and wrapped the towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he, that he had wrapped around him. He washed all the disciples' feet, including the one who was going to betray him. He washed Judas' feet. How many of you all would have washed Judas' feet? <laughs> Anybody? I, I wouldn't have been able to do it, I don't think. If you know somebody is intending to hurt you and harm you, do you want to serve them? No, we do not. It is hard at times to live like Jesus. For some, it's easy. But for others, it can be difficult, amen? Here it is, we are called to be disciples though. And when we serve others and love one another as Jesus modeled for us, we learn more about our faith, we grow closer to God, we learn things like humility, say humility. We learn things like compassion, say compassion. We learn grace, say grace. And we learn mercy, say mercy. Let me tell you, Humility, compassion, grace, and mercy do not come to us naturally as human beings. We don't wake up one day and say, oh, I'm just such a humble person. <laughs> I have so much compassion. I am full of grace and mercy. We come into this world with a whole lot of pride, don't we? And it's like we got to constantly beat that pride down. Some reason, when we put ourselves in a position to serve like Jesus did, we begin to grow. Tell your neighbor you begin to grow. When we serve like Jesus served and when we love like Jesus served, that's when we start growing in our humility and our compassion and our grace and our mercy. Jesus must have known something about all of these things when he said in the first John chapter 3 verse 18, he said, let us not love with our words or speech, but with actions and in truth. That's a real solid scripture right there. He's telling the disciples, don't just love with your words or your speaking, your speech, but with your actions. Hallelujah. It is one thing to say that we love one another, 
It's a whole nother thing to show that we love one another. When we show that we love one another and physically with our bodies, with our hearts, with our pockets sometimes, when we show that we love one another, that's when our love and our service becomes Christ-centered. Say Christ-centered. We all know it's Black History Month, amen? There's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Tell your neighbor, we're in this together. What I want to focus on today is the example that Jesus sets for all of us. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the King of Kings. And he stoops down. Can you all imagine? I mean, he gets on his knees to wash these dirty, stinky feet. I don't know about y'all, but as a woman, I don't want to watch no man's dirty, stinky feet. <laughs> and here is Jesus with this powerful demonstration of service. And he's showing to his disciples, this is what I'm asking you to do. And even the disciples think it's weird because they say, no, you're not supposed to wash our feet. And Jesus tells them, if I don't wash your feet, you're not one of mine. In the culture at the time, foot washing was a task typically performed by the lowest servants. The lowest servants washed people's feet. And here we have the master and the teacher performing this very lowly task. It says later in verses 12, 13, and 14 that after Jesus washed the disciples' feet, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and then Jesus returned to his place. And then he says to them, do you understand what I have done for you? Jesus wasn't a bragger, but if he had to brag, this is one time when he might have bragged. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You called me teacher and Lord. And then he says, and rightly so. <laughs> Isn't that cool? He says, you call me teacher and Lord. And rightly so. He acknowledges I'm the man. <laughs> and he says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. That's a powerful moment. That this is what Jesus is doing before the crucifixion. He knows what's coming. He knows he's going to spend the evening in that garden of Gethsemane crying to the point that he's bleeding. He knows he's going to be on that cross. And before all of that happens, he said, this is what I want you all to understand, that I love you so much that I will get on my knees and serve you. I will wash your feet. And not only will I do that, I'm going to die on the cross for you. Washing feet was not just physical cleanliness, it's a symbolic act. Feet which are exposed to dirt and grime in the roads represent sin and filth. The sin and the filth of the world. By washing his disciples' feet, Jesus was demonstrating his willingness to cleanse us from our sins. He was showing that no matter how dirty or sinful we may be, his love and grace are sufficient, say sufficient, to make us clean. When Jesus did this, this was not just a out of the blue act that Jesus was doing. He washed their feet and he included them all. Say that, he included them all. He knew Judas was about to betray him. He knew that one was there and yet Jesus still chose Judas the unconditional love and service, even to those people that were going to betray him and hurt him. Jesus' love is unconditional. Think about that. If we are saying we want to be like the master teacher, we have to love the people who are the most difficult to love. And not only do we love them, we serve them too. 
Some of us struggle with serving people we don't like, don't we? We truly struggle with serving people who get on our nerves, who don't smell the way we like them to smell, who don't look the way that we want them to look, who got a bad attitude. We don't want to serve them. Would Jesus serve them? Yes, yes he would. Say to your neighbor, I am a disciple. <laughs> so Jesus' example, it challenges us to examine our attitudes towards service. Are we willing to truly serve others even when it's inconvenient, even when it's uncomfortable? Are we willing to serve those who may not appreciate or even reciprocate our service? Are we willing to serve without expecting anything in return? Yes, Can yes. we do that? Yes, we have to. I hope so. In God's kingdom, greatness is not measured by how many people serve us, but how we serve and love others. Our world values power, wealth, status, but God values humility, love, and sacrifice. That's what God values. He wants our humility, our love, and our sacrifice. Jesus said this, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. The greatest impact of serving others is so profound, my friends. You see, when we serve others, we are not only meeting immediate needs, but we are demonstrating God's love in a tangible way. Remember in the Bible where it says, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. When we serve, everybody wins. Tell your neighbor, everybody wins. There's a famous philosopher, his name is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Hallelujah. And he says, the church is the church only when it exists for others. When we exist for others and we serve others, we stand up and say, we are the church. The question should never be, why should I serve? But rather, where can I sign up? Tell your neighbor, where can I sign up? There are so many ways to sign up here at New Life at Calvary. Do you want to serve? Hallelujah. At New Life at Calvary, you can serve, you can sign, let them go ahead, y'all. Y'all know they got to move. <laughs> Even even what they're doing now is an act of service. Because they serve in our praise choir. They serve in our band, right? You can serve in the food pantry. Who has served in the food pantry in New Life at Calvary? You can serve it with the youth. Who has served with the young people? You can serve. You can visit the sick and shut in. Who has visited the sick and shut in? You can write a card. Who has written a card? You can send a letter to our prison ministry. Who has sent a letter to our prison ministry? You can definitely help usher and greet. Anybody want to sign up today? <laughs> what about our parking lot ministry? Have you ever served in the parking lot? Have you ever helped just spread the good news? Our motivation for serving others is love. Tell your neighbor, I love you. I love you. I love you. And because we love, we serve. <laughs> we serve. But tell you never, don't get comfortable, New Life at Calvary. <laughs> you see, we all pretty much like each other in here, don't we? <laughs> the goal is, can we like the people outside of here? Can we like the people that's not like us? Can we love them? Can we serve them? Can we help them? and motivate them to serve just like we serve. Amen? Amen? Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and their sister. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, you are so good, so kind, and so amazing. And we want to love you, Lord, like you love us. But more importantly, Holy Spirit, we also want to love and serve your people like you love and serve us. So Holy Spirit, help us this week to be the people that you created us to be. Help us to serve those that 
are sometimes difficult and challenging. Help us to love those, Lord, who have hurt us and even at times betrayed us. Help us, Lord, to grow a deeper humility, more compassion, more grace, and more mercy. We thank you, Lord, and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. We're going to rise. Praise God. We're going to rise with our praise team and we're going to sing I want to I want Jesus to walk with me and as we are singing this song if you would like prayer myself our pastors lay pastors will pray with you and for your family and friends and you can either come up front to us or we'll go to you
quick announcements. Want to say happy birthday to our happy birthday folks, uh, Marvin Rogers. Praise God. Is that today the 18th? That's today. Where you at, Marvin? Happy birthday, Marvin. <laughs> we get to sing happy birthday. Where's Pastor Antonia? Come here so we can sing happy birthday to Marvin. <laughs> Janet Williams' birthday is this week. Gwen Coates, hallelujah, is this week.
It's you, it might be your husband or wife, your son or your daughter, your cousin, Larry and Jackie got a, we go praise God with y'all, Patrick Mahomes, he's, he won that football championship, praise God. That's Larry and Jackie's family, that's Jackie, is he your cousin? He's your cousin, Jackie's cousin, so we can celebrate those moments. Uh, Marvin? I just wanted to say excuse me, off the cuff, but my father-in-law, Young James' father was in the Tuskegee Sisters experiment. Yes. Please share that story. We want to share that story. See, Marvin's father-in-law, that's uh, Geraldine's father, he was actually uh, involved. And, and, and they traveled to Washington, D.C. when they did that apology. And they, they were there, news uh, episodes and all kind of stuff. Hassan? Oh, okay. You're just stretching your legs. <laughs> okay. But please fill these out so we can know your Black History Moment. Even if you think it's something that's small, it's not small. Your story is not small. If you were an athlete in high school, if you won some kind of big game or championship, if you played the violin, whatever it is that's your Black History Moment, please write it down. All right. Did I miss anything in the bulletin? Okay. Oh, that's right. Tomorrow is President's Day, so the kids are on break for Bible study. But the young people have a trip next Sunday. So just pay attention to that, that the young people have a trip coming up. Alrighty, then we're going to stand for the benediction. I pray y'all gave y'all the announcements because y'all know I always forget something. All right. Gracious and holy God, as we prepare to depart from this place, but never from your sight, Lord Jesus, help us to be your true disciples in this world. Help us to serve each other and others like you served us. Holy Spirit, we, we need to have more of your Holy Spirit, fruits of the Spirit, your love, your joy your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your gentleness, your faithfulness, and your self-control. And this week, Lord, we would add, help us to be more humble, help us to be more compassionate, help us to have more grace, and help us to have more mercy. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Turn